The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. had a real fun episode with beyond top secret texan and my buddy ron from new england recording this intro very early in the morning so my voice may sound a little shaky and it is extremely cold here in tucson i think we hit 35 uh so you know bundled up here and if you're viewing on youtube you're only going to get a portion of the episode that's even shorter than the free audio version just because something went wrong with my uh screen sharing and it was just stuck on one thing but we go through all of our introductions in the meat of the episode so enjoy that head on over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast to get the whole audio feed more full versions of videos will absolutely be coming soon and i appreciate the support guys subscribe throw likes my way if you can on youtube and uh let's try and grow that thing too man this has been fun uh really really interesting stuff talking about the third and fourth reich the Nazis, their secret UFO planet uh, plan, the Dark Fleet, all that good stuff, man. This is real fun, fun stuff. Interesting, scary, but uh, very, very entertaining, in my opinion. Beyond Top Secret has some great information. So hope you enjoyed the episode, and I'll see you over there at Patreon if you got the guts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. I brought on two heavy hitters here. I got Beyond Top Secret Texan. And of course, Ron from New England of the Wicked Planet podcast, the Christmas baby, the birthday boy we're talking today, man. I'm very excited. Happy birthday, Ron. Um, but yeah, guys, why don't, right off the bat, before we talk about like this whole Nazi connection with the UFOs and all the stuff that they were studying here, um, we'll, we'll plug some stuff right here up front. Um, Texan, I'll start with you, dude, and then we'll, uh, we'll uh, save the birthday of the Christmas baby for last. Right on. Um, yeah, shalom, namaste, uh, Beyond Top Secret Texan here, uh, host of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast and basically uh, uh, the several channels that it runs. I, um, base, I do 50-50 uh, podcasts, you know, have a whole library of them, over 100 podcast episodes that you can find for free uh, via Spotify, iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, you know, I, I distribute widely and through all the major ones. So uh, check me out however you can find me. Um, and I do video content 
usually dark web video evidence compilations, things like that, and also uh, video essays. And um, those are uploaded to YouTube, TikTok, of course, you know, Library Odyssey. And I'm going to shift away to more alternative uh, platforms for the, you know, the, the rights of free speech and people who, you know, don't want the YouTube. They, they want alternatives. They want, you know, third parties, independent platforms and stuff. So I'm going to start moving towards that in the future. But right now I got 400 plus videos on YouTube. Check them out. I got over a couple hundred in, on TikTok. Uh, you know, those are absolutely free to watch if you're into that kind of, uh, that kind of media and, uh, you know, going to be making a lot more into the future and everything. You check out my Patreon, you can check out my, uh, Patreon for exclusive access, my, my Instagram, I post daily updates, things like that. And I got a telegram group to post, uh, links to different media websites, articles, get discussions going. And all of it's available at Beyond Top Secret Text. And just that's the basically the name, the, the title, the label, the link, all of that. You know, Linktree, Beyond Top Secret Text, and Twitter, Top Secret Text, and uh, Instagram, Beyond Top Secret Text. And, you know, you can't get any simpler than that. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I appreciate you hopping on and, uh, and dropping some knowledge. I'm excited to hear what you got. Ron, what about you? Happy birthday again, dude. I'm very excited that you were willing to talk with us on your birthday, man. That's okay, Ryan. My wife cooked me a big dinner. We had dinner with the family, so I'm good to go. And uh, so, yeah, I'm Ron from New England, host of the Wicked Planet podcast. I'm sure anybody that listens to the Dangerous Worlds is familiar with me. And I just wanted to uh, thank Ryan for inviting me on. I've been wanting to talk to uh, the top secret uh, Texan for, for quite a while, actually. And I'm really interested to see what he's got to, to show us tonight. Hell yeah. Plug, plug away with your stuff too, man. Do you got any, anything else, your Instagram, all that good stuff? Well, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Ron from new England and the wicked planet podcast and the wicked planet podcast is uh, where everybody gets their podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, Podbean, the list goes on and let's not forget Alt media United. We can't, we can never do that, yeah. dude. And uh, yeah. if you're listening if you're listening to the show, obviously, you know, uh, Dangerous World uh, on Patreon. You got patreon.com slash Dangerous World. And then the online store, Patreon, uh, is the way that I make my cash, uh, you know, doing this whole thing. And then, uh, of course, DangerousWorldStore.com. So thank you, guys. Let's roll right into this, dude, because I'm excited. I, I know Ron is a big expert when it comes to the hard, like the hardened facts and the real like shit when it comes to the nazis obviously a little bit about that esoteric stuff too but uh top secret texan i know was kind of teasing when we were talking on the monday night master debaters that he's all about ufos and uh, i know that you got some things to say on this dude so where's a good spot to start if we're trying to uh break this down in a way that's not hacky like just straight uh nazi antarctica bases um, always got to go back to the beginning and actually, you know, in my own opinion that all of history has been, has been absolutely altered and fabricated and really got to get down to what the truth of Deutschland, what the truth of Germany is from Prussia days, from the monarchies, from the, the Hepsburgs to, uh, the different industrial movements inside germany but really understand what german identity was and what the nazi party really stood for not the cartoon walt disney hollywood 
bad guys that Indiana Jones has kind of portrayed the idea of the Anunnaki and uh, the SS, especially uh, the SS. And uh, right now, I want to make it clear when we talk about the subject, I'm not insensitive to how controversial this topic is. In fact, this would be illegal to record in Europe. And, um, but, you know, that's why America has the, the, the whole, you know, freedom angle to it, because we can explore these concepts and think about without the fear of taboos. And I would really not mince words and say, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm saying that people have been lied to by the very United States government, by the very allied powers that the Nazis actually formed and created. We have been lied to by the very Nazis that have seized, that actually have seized control of the Western world and did so through, uh, you know, covert changing of names and IDs, basically witness protection program tactics and have suppressed technology. And so the question is always, well, how is this all suppressed and who's keeping the secret? To be honest, it's all Nazis. <laughs> it's, it's all Nazis all the way down. And all the way up, and and it's like they have a, an enormous influence in the history of the 20th century, the history of the UFO phenomenon, and uh, the future of mankind, as well as the future of uh, mankind as an extra, I guess you call it extraplanetary, extra stellar um, species, because they were the first ones to develop space programs, and they they currently still operate in breakaway civilizations such as Antarctica. Yeah, they operate transnationally, transglobally, internationally, right amongst us, right in businesses. They've changed their names to uh, mostly Latinized names, to be honest. Uh, they go with uh, Spanish names and heraldry, and they usually come from South America. Or uh, they operate with, you know, um, I guess you call it Netherland or, or, or Nordic or Baltic names, especially a lot of Baltic families. Um, and it's just a matter of common knowledge, but secrecy. It's, it's a, it's a well-kept open secret. All right, everyone jumping in here real quick, just to talk about Manscaped a little bit. Okay. This is the first video ad read I'm doing for these guys. And, uh, they renewed, man, they're staying with the show. Really, really honored to have them on. Wanted to show you a few of the products, just so you know, I'm not lying that I do have them and I use them every day. They're phenomenal. The crop preserver ball deodorant. Good, good stuff. You rub it on your nuts. It's like lotion and uh, you can do other things with it, I'm sure. But I would just recommend using it for the, the reasons that it says. This was a lifesaver, man, because as a man, my uh, feet will stink. The foot duster. It's almost gone. Barely any left. I do have one more left. Uh, but yeah, foot deodorant, incredible, incredible stuff. You just spray it on your feet, let it dry. Good to go, man. Good to go. Uh, this is a real nice little weed whacker, and it's very quiet. Hold this up to the mic here. See how quiet that is? You can barely hear it. You can shave your gross nose hairs without anyone really knowing. And the Piece de Resistance, this beauty right here. Boom. This thing is awesome, man. The lawnmower, the 4.0. I don't know if you can see that real good there. I got an attachment on there because, as you can see, I don't shave much, and there is hair in there, so I should have checked that first. But, uh, yeah, this is extremely quiet, too. Got a little uh, light so you can really get in there and do your thing. And the best feature, man, wireless charging. You just set that right in there. I missed. Set that right in there. Good to go, dude. This thing is real cool, man. So you can get all those products. If you enter the promo code danger at manscaped.com, you get 20% off and free shipping, man. You cannot beat that with a stick and just a great company all around. 
uh, lots and lots of stuff. You know, I always talk about the Third Reich and Manscaped, but there is no comparison, right? These guys are really, really cool, man. So, uh, man, big, big thanks to them, guys. Go check them out again. Manscaped.com. Danger is your promo code. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. Get that Christmas gift for somebody, man. The balls that are most important in your life, whether they're yours or a special man or someone who identifies as a man. You can even give it to one of those crazy people on libs of TikTok that just need to shave something. And, you know, they were born with a vag. Uh, It it is what it is, guys. We're not judging here. This is a judgment-free zone, just like Planet Fitness. We have the pizza nights and everything. Head over to manscaped.com, enter the promo code DANGER and get 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you very much for staying on board, Manscaped. Love you guys. Best shaving company in the world. Love them. Can't say enough. Take care. Enjoy the rest of this episode with tops, Beyond Top Secret Texan and my buddy Ron from New England. Great, great stuff here, guys. Thank you so much. Well, dude, and, why? And- I had a question for you real quick. Why do you think that the Nazis, and this is for both of you, because obviously, like I said, Ron is very knowledgeable with this. Why do you think the Nazis were so far ahead when it came to other civilizations, is it because they had like a complete disregard for lesser life forms, including Jews, gypsies, all these other lives, or were they truly gifted or were they tapping into something that uh, was like almost otherworldly or maybe literally otherworldly? I'll, I'll let Rod answer first. Oh, I mean, I mean, I think the Nazis just in the beginning were, just very, very smart, driven people. And, uh, you know, but I do believe that they had some uh, off off planet help. Uh, just just my theory doesn't mean doesn't mean I'm right. But uh, I, I think that uh, they used a lot of occultism to maybe make contact with some other type of beings or something like that. And and I mean, they had I mean, they had a lot of money to work with. So they sent people out all over the world on these expeditions to look into things like uh, uh, the the Hollow Earth, uh, Agatha, things like that, and I think I think they discovered I think they discovered a lot of things that even to this day has not been disclosed to us. Uh, and the top secret Texan probably has a lot of info on that, so I'm really excited to see what see what uh, see what we have here tonight. I I agree, I agree completely with what you said entirely. They had both off-world help to help them. Uh, gain these leaps and bounds in the world of physics. Also, we completely underestimate the ninth, or I guess you would call it the 19th century, the 1800s, in terms of technological. As I said, you have to understand what it means to the German spirit of innovation and industry and the Prussian Empire. They had uh, already sufficient, you know, we think America was this absolute dominant technological power, which it was. We were suppressing a lot of technology, too. A lot of innovations, but they were working hand in hand with the Rockefellers, uh, you know, and, and they were working hand in hand with American corporations, American industrialists uh, up until this point, you know, and they were allies with the Soviet Union. They they were cross, you know, sharing information. And we think there was this iron curtain and like decades of hostility between world wars. And that's absolutely not the case. Uh, and in fact, it was a blink of an eye what happened in the, the immediate proceedings and the shift of power. But, um, you know, the, the, exactly like I said, the intellectual genius was there. The academic momentum was there. The engineering momentum was there in the world of aviation and, and, you know, power plants and things like electrical engineering. 
uh, we always brag about Tesla as such a great innovator of logical work. They had Tesla or uh, people on equal, if not, you know, superior, um, you know, brilliance when it came to electrical engineering as well, because it's not taught in our books doesn't mean they didn't exist. And much of the breakaway civilization were those people. And thus, you know, through the rat lines after the war and through uh, Project Paperclip and the Soviet Union equivalent, uh, these men had, were part of the great, you know, uh, exodus. And, and thus, you'll never really know about them. Their, their existence is matters of national security. And no, they weren't cartoonishly evil. They didn't have projected feelings of superiority. Um, for example, the, the feelings of the racial superiority of the Third Reich are grossly over-exaggerated. There were African members of the Wehrmacht. They called them Schrar's Commando. They were rocket scientists. They had positions of rank and that's the thing. Like it was just Europe, and Europe itself has a weird kind of uh, xenophobic air to it, even if you were British or Portuguese or you know French. But just like the real world, it was a meritocracy in which uh, there were many supporters, like the Vichy French of the uh, of the era. So you're dealing with uh, international support. And like I said, uh, many Americans, including uh, people like Henry Ford or, or the uh, IBM Corporation, helping them out with computers early. early. So there was, uh, yes, a limitation of the era, but it was far in ex uh, excess than what we give them credit for. Mm. Yeah, man, there, there's something really interesting about this whole idea to me. I've been reading a couple of books, The Dark Fleet, I don't, I'm sure that you've read that text and maybe not, but it's uh, it's it's the whole secret Nazi space program and the battle for the solar system. It's written by Len Kasten. And that's very interesting. I haven't gotten into it as much as I would have liked to have before we started talking here. But that's where this image comes from here. And these are supposed like, you know, bases underneath Antarctica. Have you heard about any of these? I mean, Mount Erebus, um, West Antarctica Rift. Uh, it's yeah. it's just crazy to me dude this stuff is fascinating because you it seems like you can't even try and look into it if you're a studied scientist that isn't willing to go with the narrative because it's very difficult to travel to antarctica well there's a actual um university educated and dedicated anthropologist named robert sepir who's done a lot of great work and created summarized videos about the breakaway civilization in the Antarctic base. So definitely check out that Robert Sipper on YouTube. I'll send you a link and everything. Highly, highly recommend this dude. And there, so someone like myself, and the reason why I said that someone like myself who's coming at it from a ufology standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Who has this greater picture of ufology and ancient aliens and things. Well, will never be taken serious. But from like a, a academic anthropologist standpoint, it is extremely plausible that a country and people of such organization and engineering prowess were able to not only like they have done, and this is fully knowledge, explore the Antarctic, but then create self-sufficient colonies using uh, Arctic, you know, uh, colonization uh, methods. It's mm. completely feasible that they did this in some capacity. Now, the actual secret that they're not wanting to let on 
is that they could have moved a large amount of people, right? Civilian personnel, uh, civilian families, as well as military personnel on massive U-boats. Because, and, and this is where, okay, so you got to start thinking of it like, first you start seeing what is likely and then you start piecing together the puzzle with specifics. And then you think the U-boats, uh, massive airships, like lighter than air vehicles. This is a country that was developing Zeppelins and things like that. This is a country that was developing uh, massive bombers, uh, such as the America bomber, um, like that just long range that could easily have been turned civilian. They had uh, rockets that could have been, uh, you know, feasibly used to transport just goods like cargo because, yeah. you know, it just, just shooting cargo over with uh, V2 rockets over a great distance. The, the, the feasibility starts coming together. And then you look at how many U-boats just went missing, not accounted for, not sunk, not surrendered. And then you start looking at like the rat lines, Project Paperclip, that they went the, the the rumors of Hitler surviving after World War II. These are the things that the FBI was investigating back then, things that there's a paper trail for. Were they investigating it though? Do you think they okay, were investigating so, it or do you think yeah. they were just trying to make Baylor, it seem not Baylor University, SMU University, sorry, SMU University and Brigham Young University? have actually excavated a grave site in California. Then they tested the DNA and it came back positive for Hitler's DNA, either proving that he was a direct descendant mm. of Hitler or Hitler himself. That people don't realize that Josh Gates from um, the Discovery Channel fame did a episode on a mainstream program on Discovery Channel, which they theorized that Hitler had survived and lived in Montana for the majority of his adult life. And there are photos of this in a Bavarian style hunting lodge in Montana that was specifically designed by him or by supporters of him in the United States. That the, the rabbit hole goes very deep. And I said, there's very, there's, the more you look into it, the more the specifics fall that things are not as they seem and not as they say they were, including the realities of the World War II, including the mo- motivations for it, the reasons behind it, the politics, the key players. Uh, the the actual uh, agendas of everyone involved and the actual realities of it. Interesting. Now, exactly, this goes really deep because if if you start thinking about it, the people in control of the narrative are the very people trying to hide the 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 surviving Nazis that became leaders of the UN, leaders of NATO, Werner von Braun was best friends with Walt Disney. So they have a, a massive already in your face public uh, standpoint of basically having a great esteem after the war. And this is also in the Soviet Union. Uh, like I said, uh, the Western Eastern Berlin Wall basically had two uh, formerly um, um, uh, comrade Nazis our, our, our co co-worker Nazis basically standing off from each other. Just one was now in the Soviet Union territory and called himself a Rush a Soviet, you know, a communist, and the other one was in uh, NATO territory and called himself a capitalist. Mm. You know, the whole the whole entirety of the world is because these puppet masters have been pulling the strings, and they do so through all the Fortune 500 companies, all the the major international banks, all the major engineering companies. And this is why um, the development of these radical technologies. It, um, it, so the 
the radical technologies links and makes it even more possible because then you consider the fact they had flying discs named the Hanabo, the Andromeda Garat. They they had the ability to launch satellites into space, reach orbit. They had a space program. And once you start thinking about how um, successfully organized everything was on their end, they're using not only that, but like I said, extraterrestrial aid in the source of real contact. That's extra dimensional entities, uh, reptilian, uh, basically reptilian ghosts. And this is, mm-hmm. like I said, when it starts taking to like a, uh, a more difficult pill to swallow by a normie, right? Like I said, yeah. the Vril. But then you start looking at the actual history of the Vril. This is a real coven, a real coven of occult witches who were virgins who didn't cut their hair their entire life because they felt it could increase their attractiveness and their sensitivity to these disembodied spiritualist forces. And this is an era where spiritualism is at an all-time high. It takes a gestalt understanding of era and society and sociology and anthropology to really get that these people were serious. They were not fucking crazy. Like the Theosophic movement was a foundation of millionaires that would later go on to make uh, the Lucian Press. Mm. Lucian Press is the Lucifer Press that controls all publications that the UN now publishes. Well, dude, let me jump in here real quick because that guy that leads the Satanic Temple, his name is his fake name is Lucian Greaves. And I find that fascinating. Ron's been trying to uh, speak for a second here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What what were you trying to say, dude? I, I'm very interested here. All right. Well, I just wanted to back it up to what Texan was saying earlier about uh, about how we, you know, a, a lot of people don't understand just how advanced the Germans were. Uh, and that even shows up today. Like in my business, we work on uh, several brands of German cars. And uh, in Audis is a big one. Like we're known for working on Audis. And uh, so when you see how these vehicles are just over-engineered, like, like we always ask ourselves, okay, why did they do all that extra work to make that part fit like that? Or why did they do all that extra work to make this valve train work like that? I mean, it's totally insane. So they, they over-engineered everything. So they were really big into making things perfect, and then they would release it. And I think that, uh, and I think that that would make sense that, you know, because I understand that, uh, like Texan said, that they had a space program. Like I, I could, could be, I, I could be completely on board with that. And I also believe that they had an early like shuttle program. And I, and I think that our shuttle program was probably like a, uh, a descendant of that. You know what I mean? That came in after that. And, and when he talks about the rat lines, not only did we have Operation Paperclip, is where the actual U.S. government brought Nazis over. But you also had Operation Odessa, which was which was like basically what we call a rat line that was all set up to get Nazis smuggled out of the country and disperse them everywhere. I mean, even as close as Spain. And he brought up Vichy, France. So southern France was all heavily uh, Nazi sympathizers. So so and then we have Italy was an ally. So you see all these other countries that are in close proximity to Germany. And if they had friends in all these other countries, you could see how easy it would be for them to get off the European continent and to places like Antarctica and South America. Because, I mean, 
once you get to South America, all you do is get to the tip and Antarctica is right there, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it's important to bring up, you know, a few of those facts as well that, that makes it more realistic because everybody asks, well, how did all those Nazis escape? Well, they escaped to these places like New Schwabenland that they had that they had already set up, like probably before World War II ever took place. Uh, and then the other thing is, is you have uh, when you talk about their relationship to the to the Russians, okay, Lenin was in exile in Germany, and and through through some money people in Germany, he was actually bankrolled, like he was funded by Germans to go into Russia and start the Bolshevik uh, revolution. Exactly. Which was, people don't, oh, don't even get uh, me started. Uh, yeah, which was, to, which was to eliminate Tsar Nicholas and his family. And yeah. Tsar, Nicholas was, Tsar Nicholas was a cousin to the uh, one of the leaders of Germany, early Germany, before yeah, Hitler Habsburg. took over. Yeah, the, the Habsburgs. Yeah, so the Habsburgs, and, and, and I'm just chomping at the bit. So, so this goes back into the Prussians. Like I said, the history of the most recent, like within a blink of an eye, they want us to believe it changed, but they don't want you to ask why it changed. Hitler played checkers with Stalin and the Tavistock Institute in London. Or in Venetia, yeah. sorry, in Venice. And that, that Venice, like literally, like all these world leaders were educated and lived within like two square miles of each other. And they want you to think that's purely coincidence. And it's not. It's because it goes deeper than just Himmler, Hitler, uh, Goering, and like the, the big names that they want you to think we're like sitting around a table and really calling the shots. And that the limitations of these men were the limitations of the Third Reich which is not true. And at the time, no one believed that to be the case. Like Italy was not Mussolini. Italy was the fourth largest economy at the time, standing up in Europe that was broke and trying to take back a Roman empire. It has a different psychology than the fascist leaders they want us to think are in charge. And most of them are just puppets of the Habsburgs. And the Habsburgs have been in total control of Europe via their their family, their clans, and this black nobility system. And when you speak about the Nazis, you're speaking about the, the, the uh, aristocrats of, of this now globalist international system that is now called the Third Reich. And it's like with with the deposition of the czar, we're no longer uh, having like the king of Prussia because Hitler uh, took power immediately after the vacation of the king of Prussia. That there is a like uh, um, a type of global revolution during this time and no longer are men shackled by the limitations of monarchy. And so the embracing of technology is not random. It is the culmination of all the science fiction of Jules Verne uh, and, and Renaissance technology of Leonardo da Vinci and science of every ac- academy and university of, of the known Western world. And all of that is at the fingertips of the Berlin intellectual class, the elite 
They have a old world city too. If you want to start drawing that old Antiquitech technology, wireless electricity grids, um, subway systems. Uh, they, they, they were not primitives. That cannot be stressed enough. They were not primitives in any definition of the word. Yeah, dude, I, uh, I found it interesting. You're talking about Italy and the way that they weren't really what they seemed. And maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but it seems like they weren't even overly excited to get on the Nazi or the access power side. It seemed like they were just kind of intimidated by Hitler, in my opinion. Now, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think that you have Japan and you have uh, uh, Germany that are really on board with with trying to take over the world. And they're both phenomenal engineers. So I don't know how involved Italy really was from a willing standpoint. Am I wrong about that? Um, not not entirely incorrect to, to assume that, but the real scape of why this is all possible is through the international coalition of engineers and intellectuals uh, split along access lines or whatever you would like to call it, allies and access um but the italians produce excellent aviators excellent engineers sure. uh excellent machinists uh we're talking to people who made porsche and lamborghini and we're talking Vichy french the french were actually extremely technologically advanced uh by this time and era um it's like, like people want you to think that in the 40s it was just like people who didn't even know what electricity was no mm-hmm. we're talking about an era where they're splitting atoms and 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 things let's say like they will split atoms in this era they will they will do these things the nazis had their piece of the pie and that was in the um ability to 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 travel into space to provide life support to provide um they they basically are the first to create a space warfare domain and thus gain ultimate high ground uh through wep- uh, weaponized missiles that can that can travel into low orbit and then hit basically anywhere in the globe, right? So yeah. I was like, they had they had uh, the flying V bomber, the 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 flying wing bomber, the America bomber. So they could actually strike across oceans and bombing raids against the United States. Um, the V one and the V two, right? They had the V one V two, but they also had the flying circle, the Hanabo, uh, the mm-hmm. Hanabo Garat, and um, the uh, Google Blitz. And, and they had basically centrifugal force uh, uh, motivated anti-gravity. And they had uh, said lighter than air vehicles. They had night fighters. They had uh, night vision. They had uh, and, and submarines uh, of, of amazing proportionality and size uh, Dude, that they don't you, want, to, want to disclose. Before the we, move, that, before oh, we sorry, move too far away from the, uh, the anti-gravity stuff, I had this thing that I wanted to pull up. Um, and I, the reason that I brought up Japan initially was because of that battle of Los Angeles. So I wanted you guys to riff about that for a second, because so they, they were really concerned that this was Japan, right? This was three months after Pearl Harbor, if I'm not mistaken. And well, hold on one second. Uh, let me just say, uh, because I, I don't think we answered the question of how they got to Antarctic and how they started building these bases. Okay. I can summarize it in five minutes is that everyone was trying to go to Antarctica at this time. They weren't the only ones to get to Antarctica. And the idea of the hollow earth is a well-known thing in in the histories of these nations during exploration phases. 
the fact is they, they beat people to it and were able to fortify it. And thus it was kept secret because of the fact that it was a rogue nation that had militarized Antarctica and had started using it as a, like I said, a, a basically a rogue independent nation that was separate from the global system, but as a safe haven, like a true um, um, world power that used these technologies. Uh, Bird, Admiral Bird, during Operation High Jump, tried to by force go in and attack this new Schwabia, New Berlin, and was absolutely repelled. There are rumors that they tried to nuke this colony at one point. And so there was always this civil war and strife. But the areas they colonized are under the ice. They're not above the ice. They're internal. And, and there are temperatures as high as 70 degrees registered in these internal caverns. There are plenty of uh, protein sources in the way of sea life. And, and Antarctica is not barren. And not only that, but everything can be brought, including livestock, including um, plants for cultivation. And that with the proper uh, selection process, you could start a society of hundreds of thousands of people literally within weeks. And all of those people would be your smartest, your best educated, your most athletic people. And, you know, with technology backing them, that that's enough you know, to start again. Hmm. So let me, let me ask you this then. What do you have to say about like the flat earth theory? Well, with personally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Personally. Like, no, no, not, not as simplified as people think it is. It's a much more complex question than just that, but no, it's not uh, uh, just a flat square disc with edges or a ring of ice, but, I am favorable to the ideas of greater earth and crater earth, even the ideas of like um, a firmament like snowball earth. The, the firmament, not so much, but I will believe in such things as um, space shields that are artificial, that are either ancient alien, extraterrestrial in design, or even man-made in design, like Reagan's um, uh, missile shield, the mm. Star Wars program. And that, yes, actually, I think what we're dealing with is something that possibly is more like that than, say, a um, Old Testament biblical firmament. And even then, I believe firmament's a mistranslation of the actual ocean and the water content of the atmosphere, which is a way of demonstrating that there is a, you know, a, a literal, you know, divide between the two states of, states of water. You know, the water is above, the water is below. They're trying very hard to describe very, you know, hard to describe realities of the world we live in. And one of those is is in the, the idea of the firmament. Why doesn't the air just leave? Because there's an ozone layer and that could be described as the firmament. The ozone layer is a real thing and it keeps well, it the seems atmosphere. like every molecule has four forms there's absolutely three forms there's a liquid a solid and a gas but then there's like ectoplasm is like a possible fourth so i think that that's what's interesting and i i do for me personally i believe that outer space is a liquid form of some kind whether it's actually liquid liquid or it's something that we don't understand maybe it's a fifth you're element. Right. no you're right about that it's it's it was called ether or aether yeah. And you're right. No, that's absolutely right. It's a liquid medium. It has the properties of liquid, although it's 
in such a way that it's not like a, it's a wet, it's actually a dry liquid, but it's not like you can get a cup of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, it, it's in many ways, it's atmospheric, it's etheric. And I said, like, it was ether. It's an invisible, uh, well of, of, uh, both substance and the, and the absence. Like, it's like a, I don't know, like voluminous. It's like hard to explain, like dark matter level shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is dark matter? What is antimatter? What are, what is, what are these, um, what are these uh, states of matter? Like I said, like plasma, ectoplasma, things like that. Uh, you know, it's like, what is the difference between nu- uh, strong and weak nuclear energy? You know, mm. that like these are, these are absolute uh, things that it's hard to explain physically. It's hard to explain sensationally what they are. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, plasma, though, you're right. Interesting to say plasma because plasma is an important, important part of all this. With plasma generators, you can run the the highest efficient highest efficiency generators known to man, and they are completely within the realms of possibility. And thus, you could have a self sustaining, you know, uh, a technological powerhouse without the need for things like readily observable nuclear energy or industrial coal burning or uh, dams. That's what I'm saying. You could do this under the ice without really being incredibly noticeable. So you have to think more advanced. You have to think smarter, not harder. Yeah. When it comes to, like, say, the powerhouses for these UFOs, the powerhouses for their uh, space colonies, they're not dealing with uh, traditional um, what you would call Stone Age or or techno-barbaric because at this point we're using extremely obsolete technologies in our pursuits, surface-level pursuits. But then again, that makes perfect sense when they're keeping us dumb. Yeah, I dude, I think that some of the most extremely high tech shit that's possibly out there are what we may refer to as primitive technology, like frequencies. What's what's provably possible with frequencies and sound alone is so like unfathomable. Like it's 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 kind of tough to understand how electronics work, like how this laptop, how we are communicating, that's difficult to work. Or, or to understand how it works. But it's I, to me, it's so interesting that you can potentially levitate things. And you, I mean, there, there is some, some videos of levitation through frequency. Now, that kind of stuff has been available since the dawn of time. And I think that we, you know, when you're talking about thinking smart versus hard, um, that, that is kind of what frequency is, in my opinion. Now, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, breaking it down very well, but. That frequency stuff is phenomenally interesting. I, I don't even understand. Ron, I know that Ron pays attention to what frequencies do, and everyone's seen those videos of, like, salt, how they move around with different frequencies on speakers and things. Um, and I've been really diving into to how frequencies can heal and repair DNA, and that's a big, very, very important thing in the age that we're living in when we feel like we're under attack with, like, the medical technology that's that's being forced on us. Um I don't know, man. I I think that these guys were probably doing something like that. And I don't mean to get off topic with that, but I think that, you know, the reason that I brought up flat earth is because that's, that's always been a hot topic in this community. And I, I think flat earth is kind of a goofy idea, but at the same time, I don't blame people. It can be told in a goofy way, but there is credence yeah. 
and uh, a sense of sincerity to what they're saying about sure. optically and sensationally, there's something off with the line of sight and with the supposed curvature of the Earth, as well Coriolis as the effect. NASA. Yeah, I will admit that's inaccurate. They're given like no, they're calling out a lie when they see it and they can prove it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it is actually um, a flat disc. Also, you got to think of things in terms of. Um, sensation and visible uh scale and distance there's a really famous neil degrasse tyson clip where he's saying that even the guy who jumped out of the balloon and he's saying that he saw the curvature of the earth he's calling him out because at the distance even though he was the highest any man's ever jumped out of a balloon he was proportionally only two millimeters above like a a a standard globe are we talking about the red bull the red bull event yeah the red bull guy yeah. Okay. So while you might think he's in space, he's actually only two millimeters, like not even a, a width of a you know a piece of paper or something from the actual surface of the world. When it comes to truth, that's like you actually think about the they're considering the moon currently inside Earth's atmosphere, and it is two hundred thousand kilometers away. But that's still yeah. within the reach of Earth's atmosphere. Okay. Well, you know, the reason I was asking this dude was, and why I brought up flat earth was not only because it's such a a solid thing in in the, in the uh, conspiratorial community, but I watched this, this little doc uh, with the blue origin and Jeff Bezos and how they took Will Shatner up to, uh, up to space, you know, in this, in this little rocket. Yeah, no way. No way. He got, he only got, they only got up to less than, less than um, high, less than the stratosphere actually. Well, like, and it shows no you, dude, it shows you how great of an actor fucking William Shatner is, man. He comes down and he's crying because he saw outer space, you know, and they they experienced zero gravity and all this stuff. And it was actually it was very interesting. I was watching it and I, I went into it wanting to hate it. But I was like, damn, dude, that was kind of interesting. But then I thought I was like, dude, William Shatner is one of the best damn actors alive. You know what yeah, I mean? I- I'm somebody who actually believes in space travel. Though. So a lot of the flat earthers, a lot of the firmament believers believe that there are no aliens, that there is no space, that there is no space travel. There's no space programs. There's nothing to see there. It literally is like you're in a fishbowl, you know, and just that's so like you're a fishbowl. And there's everything exactly. is a Luciferian lie and, and infamous information. And I think that that is completely uh, just wrong. It's not correct into that assumption there is evidence that we have active space programs we have colonies on mars we have communications with extraterrestrials interdimensional uh beings um like i said ancestors that have already acquired this and still actively communicate and it's interesting you said that about the ancestral uh power of frequencies and how even though it seems very ancient, those are the still the most correct keys, the smartest ways of, you know, performing these feats, these miracles of moving weight, uh, uh, zero point energy, you know, and, pro- you know, projecting yourself like in these godlike ways, these godlike powers. There is a movement within the Third Reich in the Anarchy that was called the Giza Intelligence. And they were trying to communicate with nine um, self-proclaimed Egyptian gods that were communicating with them amongst the Vril. And the Vril itself is in line with this because it is a reptilian, hollow earth 
located alien intelligence that was communicating uh, psychically. And I'll put a quotation mark around psychically because with the right frequencies, you can wirelessly and silently beam messages directly into someone's head. It's called Voice of God Technology. And it was made, it's completely official. They talked about it in 2012 on the Jesse Ventura Conspiracy Show. Great and show. So can, exactly. Like it's it's over a decade disclosed. So if you're not hip to it, I mean, I mean, it doesn't like the the idea of frequencies, like you said, just because people are having a seance and communicating with the real, they could very well be. And they were just yeah. hip to stuff that we haven't opened our minds up to because the Nazis themselves are keeping us dumb about it because they don't want that secret getting out into the public. And I yeah. say like the very is so why is that being kept a secret? Because the very people keeping the secret were the ones who did it in the first place. And they're like, hey, you know, that worked for us. But you guys, it's not ready. You know. Like we, yeah, this is our trade secret. There's something very interesting about the secrets being kept. You mentioned that Jesse Ventura show. There's a few episodes that you cannot find anymore. And most of them are about vaccines and about medical uh, tyranny and things like that. I probably just got this video kicked off YouTube for saying that V word. But Ron, I want you to give your input, dude. I, uh, I, I'm very interested always in what you have to say with the hollow earth idea. I have an idea of where Ron stands on that because we've spoken about it. But, I mean, the Nazis were all about, like, the black sun, and and that, from my understanding, is that hollow earth sun, this central sun for, for you know, video watchers here. We have, like, this idea of the sun being in the center of the earth rather than the core. We hear that the core of the earth is extremely hot, kind of like a fucking sun. So that's what's very interesting. But, Ron, uh, give your thoughts on this stuff, man. You're always so quiet. You're observing always. No, I'm just really interested in what he has to say. It's and, fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, so, so, yeah, so Ryan and I have, uh, you know, both talked to, actually, we talked to him together once. He's been on each of our shows separately, too. Uh, David Weiss, who I think is like the premier flat earth guy. And, and when he was on my show, I asked him, like, my major question was, why the lie? Like, why are they lying? Right. And then, and then uh, of course, he, you know, he gives us his whole his whole reasoning for that. But my biggest question was uh, just like with you, Texan, do you think the hollow earth and the flat earth can work together? And that was a question I asked him and, and he, and he tried to explain it, how it possibly that it could. Now I'm not a hundred percent sold on the, on the flat earth thing at all, but I'm agnostic about it and I'm willing to listen to other people's side of the story on it. But I do believe firmly in the hollow earth and and, uh and and that all goes back to when i was a kid and i used to really like uh, jules verne stuff like the journey to the center of the earth obviously that's a story about the hollow earth but then when i started studying more about the nazis and how they wanted to uh they wanted to find out where uh shangri-la was right And, and that's why the himmler had sent some of his ss people to uh to tibet to try to find that but you know i i think the whole theory that the nazis uh you know survived and went into the hollow earth i think that is completely plausible i think that could definitely have happened or did happen and is probably still happening right and and when ryan brought up the the uh you know the sun in inside the earth 
you know, we were always taught in school that the earth had an iron core, that you had this part, that you had the mantle. I mean, how did how do they know that? They don't know that. The the biggest hole that's ever been drilled is 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 only eight miles and they did that in Russia. And they're saying they went eight miles and then that drill would not go any further. Like it was hitting something so hard. It was just, just destroying drill bits, right? So what's below that? I mean, we don't know. I mean, we hear the theories about how the moon's hollow, right? How do we know that the earth isn't hollow? How do we know that the earth, like what makes us believe that the earth is just a natural planet? Like we don't know. The earth could be a space station for all we know, really. So, I mean, I mean, that's why the hollow world thing is very interesting to me. And then the Nazis are interested to me. When you put those two things together, it becomes extremely interesting. So I'm assuming, Texan, like you're a big uh, – you would agree with me on the whole premise that the hollow earth is, is, is the real deal, uh, accessible from the North Pole, but more so in, in Antarctica. Yes, and, and I want to make it very clear that, no, I do not follow the hollow earth theory at all um, in any shape Ooh. and form. I'm just saying it's open to interpretation and in that uh, a lot of their claims are not wrong. They just use them as a sense to kind of uh, uh, justify this uh, denial of other things, which is space and, and extraterrestrial. Well, hold on, Texan. Hold on. Do you mean you said hollow earth? Did you mean to say flat earth? Flat Earth. Did I say Hollow Earth? Yeah, no, I yes, did. I was did. like, yeah. ooh. Did I? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I am completely sorry yeah. about that. that I that thought was, you were fanboying on Neil deGrasse Tyson was, right there. I was going to no, say, so, somebody no. switched gears there. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. I wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. No, the good catch on your part. I did Yeah, nothing gets past Ron, dude. So, no, I don't believe in the Flat Earth. Sorry, Flat Earth. And uh, let me just make that. And Hollow Earth, I sincerely believe in. Hollow Earth is absolutely uh, a reality. Now, the matter of interpretation is that some people think the world has to be entirely hollow and like we live on the inside of it, for example, uh, type of hollow Earth theory. I believe in like a cavernous, honeycombed, beehive yeah, yeah. Earth, as yeah, proposed like in the, um, yeah. the, the legendary Godzilla films in the last decade. How and their monsters, like I believe in something. Uh, where it's not the complete hollowness of the of the, the the Earth's core, but that the world is actually much larger, like I said, greater Earth, greater Earth um, than um, we ever can can actually fathom. Uh, roughly around the same size of Jupiter, where the known continents, including the oceans, actually fit inside one crater on the yeah. surface of this massive gigantic sphere. Now, yeah, is it Texan, that, I, Texan, I'm more willing I, to believe in something like that, where the enormity of the Earth is limitless at that point. And so you can have caverns like the one in New Schwabenland, uh, New Berlin. It is in a cavern the size roughly of Texas. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ron. Oh, I thought we lost them for a sec. Yeah, uh, Texan, I just wanted to say uh, that I agree with you on that. Uh, we were on the, talking to Camden and Dave on Generation Z podcast one night, and, and we discussed, like, if you took a golf ball and all the divots in the golf ball, and that would lead to the to, to the crater theory, right? So, so each divot in that golf ball could be what we perceive as our Earth and our continents. Because when Admiral Byrd, in a televised interview came out and said there are vast continents beyond the poles 
that right there, of course, a lot of flat earthers took that and ran with it. But yep. I, I am more in tune to believe in the crater earth uh, theory as you, Texan. I, I think that's more plausible. I think it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. I do believe that our earth is much, much bigger than we're being told. Yeah. Uh, I, I really do. I just really do because Admiral Byrd say saw this with his eyes. Of course, they have they have this uh, his diary, which we have no way of knowing if it was absolutely uh, real or not. You know what I mean? It was just allegedly was found by one of his uh, relatives or whatever. But he said himself on a televised interview that there was vast lands beyond the poles. Just that right there just opened my eyes up, and I'm like, okay, where are these vast lands beyond the poles? And if we're talking to crater Earth or what I call the golf ball Earth, <laughs> that is completely possible. Yeah, that's what I said. And, and the hollow Earth theory becomes one where um, even the theory of extraterrestrials being Earthlings, technically Earthlings, but that they exist or evolved on separate craters that right. function as effectively as planets is still... Like that's up for debate. I am willing to debate that because that is an extremely, you know, interesting theory relative to um, we live on literally a flat, four-sided like game board, and with an ice ring around us, and it's just ice, you know, and you know, and that there's like um nothing else beyond the ice wall, and you can't get past the ice wall. Don't even try. And like to that kind of version, like on a spectrum, much more in league with greater Earth, crater Earth. Um, but no, I don't. And, and I only said the flat earthers because sensationally, it does appear for all sense and purposes flat. And there's something behind that, mm-hmm. meaning that the Earth doesn't have a spin maybe as fast as they want you to think. Maybe that the sun is not a um, a phenomenon like you are led to believe and that's actually a terrestrial satellite uh a plasma phenomenon like a a you know it's like there's there's so much behind it that is that is um willing that's worth investigating and that just goes under saying that for what it's worth greater earth crater earth is an incredible theory well, dude, the, the every freaking population or every civilization, I should say, that we that we kind of took history from the Anasazi believed in like inner earth people. Every one of these like indigenous groups of people believed that the there was some. Too, ent- Ryan. What's that? The Hopi, too. Yeah. Every single group that like we used to call Indians, like the Native Americans, any in- indigenous tribe. They seem to have believed in inner earth beings and they call these extraterrestrials, meaning extra territory, some territory that we don't know about. Yep. I would say that that means more that or I would say that uh, the way that you can really kind of, you know, dive into what that topic or, or what the name of that whole species could be, it would be coming from the center of earth. It wouldn't be coming from outside the galaxy. You're 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 trying to tell me that the species of hyper-intelligent beings travel light years and then they crash here in Roswell. I mean, that's, that doesn't make any fucking sense, man. We're coming up on an hour. So Ron, I want you to get this last thought in and then we'll, uh, we'll head on over to Patreon. Go ahead, dude. Okay. So check this theory out. Like the whole idea of the extraterrestrials, like using that word extraterrestrial 
people assume that means off planet, like UFOs, aliens, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, and I was always, and I am and still am a big aliens and UFO guy. But the more that I learn about it and the more that I think about it and contemplate about it, I think that the aliens coming from other planets, other universes, other, you know, whatever, it's just a psyop to hide the fact that they actually do come from this larger crater Earth that the Texan had brought up. Because I really started to get on board with that theory, and I plan to do a lot more research on that. And I think that how we can still go with, okay, this is our Earth. It's 25,000 miles in circumference. Uh, this is what you got. This is all there is. It's not hollow. Everybody lives on the top. Just us being told that these aliens are coming from other planets is the psyop to get us to not even think about the possibility of our Earth being a lot bigger than what we're being told, which they could just they could explain the sun, the sun cycle uh, in all these different weathers like here in New England, where we have the four seasons. Right. They can use mathematics to fit that narrative. Like they just say, okay. Well, it goes around 24 hours, and this is your daylight. And if it's and if it's an artificial sun satellite, like the Texan is saying, which I believe is totally possible, all they're going to do is make that math work. Like that's not hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that it, that if there's other beings, spaceships, uh, advanced technologies, advanced beings on this Earth outside of our realm, is what we view as our Earth. This is something they would want to keep very quiet because then what's going to happen? You're going to get people that are going to want to go explore this and they're going to want to dig deeper into it and they're going to want to know the real answers. And that's why I think these rich fuckers like Musk and, oh, excuse my language, Musk, okay. uh, Bezos are pulling all this. Let's take these celebrities into space like like uh, Bezos of Blue Origin. They just took Michael Strahan. Uh, that was a big deal on Good Morning America. Oh, he's going into space, going into space, and and all this. Just like you said, they did with uh, Captain Kirk. Same thing, and and, and uh, same thing with Branson. Where's right? Picard? Just, where's Where's Patrick Stewart? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm just starting to think that the whole aliens coming from other planets is just another big huge psyop. It to hide the fact like that it. something else is going on. Yeah. Well, it, I, it I absolutely. Like um, can respect that opinion where you're coming from. I mean, before we go on to the Patreon exclusive as a cliffhanger and as an incentive uh, for your audience, but also just in like disclosure with you guys, a full disclosure. Um, what I'm, uh, what I know about extraterrestrials is, is is much more than theory. It's it's known for a fact. I'm absolutely certain on this because I have the channeled memories of Solar Warden experience in the Secret Space Program, and we can get into that in the next part of it and talk about how. They are still continuing to do it, and I know a lot more about Notwaff and what its current phase is. This, this the Fourth Reich, in which they have a huge, uh, you know, not only importance in the establishment of, but now even have uh, continued contact with extraterrestrials. And um, like I said, the, the terrestrials on Earth, the ultra terrestrials that are of equal intelligence to mankind but are of a different species different biological species um they also are native to hollow earth as well as just the massive amount of continents available on greater earth 
And yeah, like that'll be an excellent thing to talk about on your Patreon exclusive. Um, typically, I keep that very guard to the chest, but you guys seem very hip. You guys seem very in the know. And no, I'm saying like now, I guess we can start laying it on the line into a deeper dive to it. But yeah, yeah, let's um, do it. Let's do it. Let's we'll, do that. We'll tie, and the I, knot, tie the knot on this one, and then we'll kick it up a gear. Uh, you know, kick the tires and light the fires. Hell yeah, dude. I want to do that. And I want to talk about this stuff, man. Like this whole thing. I'm sure Texan, I'm sure that you know about this and I'd be happy to, to go over to your Patreon and do some of this as well. You're welcome to share this on your Patreon. Um, because I know that, uh, you know, getting these people to throw down $3 seems so difficult. I'm not sure why it's insane. It's three oh, fucking I, dollars. We were talking about I this little heart, actually, what you said last time. And I was like, you know what? You know, I got to <laughs> put my foot down. And no, this next year, 2022, um, I'm going to make it more of a, a mandatory behind a paywall thing for my content. Because if I'm going to take the time and actually, you know, collect my thoughts and do the research and yeah. provide unique content, it's worth I said, like, you got to know your worth. And this thing, like, it's the pressure of the internet community at large where they demand free content. And it's never been that way before. And the thing that is, you know, the, 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 the real dignity of being an artist or a creative or a news person, a journalist, is the ability that you once had to name your own price. You know, like, fuck it. It doesn't, like, think about how we... If you wrote children's books, you could write your own ticket and demand a high dollar because you respect your craft, mm -hmm. you know? And if you had the skill to back it up, that's a noble thing. It's an admirable thing. On the internet, you're right. These mobs of people are just uh, like calling, like, like, um, uh, was it calling you a shill, calling you uh, in it for the money, a con man, and thinks he's you're asking for a dollar. You, as a, like, I, I'm, I'm asking for three minimum exactly. <laughs> like you wouldn't call the, the guy at the local convenience store who's asking for a dollar a shill yeah because he's like, trying to yeah, eat hey, hey let yeah, me yeah, just butt in let me butt in like, like let me butt in real Ron, quick texan listen everybody listening out there go join these guys patreons i've been a patron of the dangerous world ever since the patreon started over there it's it's worth every dollar i spend course i think i'm at producer level but, but you are. i just i just want to i just want to tell people get out there and support these people support us podcasters if you like the content that we're giving you we put a lot of work into this we're not really making any money doing it and let's face it we're not really doing it for the money but it does cost money to do this it costs money for equipment it costs money for airtime it costs money for a lot of things but if you want Real information, you want to get stuff that you're not going to get on the Discovery Channel or the History Channel, get out there. It's short money. You know, make your coffee at home, uh, help out the dangerous world, and help out the uh, the top secret Texan. I would say oh, either I, I give – I would say either give me or some other podcaster that you enjoy listening to $3 a month or give it to Don Lemon or Tucker Carlson. Pick pick your fucking poison. Who you want to donate to because you're listening to somebody. You're going to either listen to some some alternative media or you're going to listen to some mainstream shit. Uh we're going to head over to Patreon right now, but yes, absolutely top secret Texan. Your knowledge is great, dude. I want to talk about this anti anti-gravity aircraft. We're going to head over there right now and uh yeah, dude, we'll do some great stuff. So throw your plug out there one more time for my audience. 
All right. Thank you uh, for inviting me on and having me. Uh, you know, it's been a great program. Uh, Beyond Top Secret Texan, you can find me on social media everywhere. Uh, but flagship is Instagram. Uh, I post on Instagram every day, Beyond Top Secret Texan. Uh, YouTube, TikTok video uh, for videos. Uh, moving over to different platforms soon, but you catch me while you can over there. Podcast, it's on everywhere. Spotify, our iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, Anchor. Um, join my Patreon, support me for the, the direct access to a lot of uh, uh, exclusive media. Uh, as well as you know, access to my Telegram group, et cetera. You can get in conversations with me after you just uh, donate a dollar. You get on the friends list, basically filter out all the haters and everything. Like you said, if you can support a dollar, uh, you know, in some bullshit, like, you know, just buying a soda or buying a fucking candy bar, you can give a dollar to someone if you're going to listen to hours of their content. You know, and I do provide it uh, all for free anyway, but, you know, that's, that's just, you know, uh, generosity and a good gesture helps support independent contractors and, and, and creators like myself and like yourself. Um, given that, like, subscribe. Those are free. Share with your friends. Post on 4chan. Spam the shit out of it. Exactly. Post it on Reddit. Create fan pages. Get the word out. You know, I rely on people and, and word of mouth. Um, new thing I'm doing, too. Uh, if you want, send me some weed. Hit me up on Instagram. We'll talk about details. Gram of weed, exactly. Yeah, help you uh, immensely through motivation. Also, be a neat little thing to do. If you can give a stand-up comedian a bag of weed for free, I mean, fuck it. <laughs> exactly. Like, there you go, dude. I think that that's a great idea. And then the, uh, the I, I think the metaverse is going to bring some very interesting shit too. Like, I was thinking the other day there were some people arguing on my on my uh, one of my posts. They were going back like 55 comments. It was, and I was like, dude, and this is not the first time this has happened. And I thought it was funny, but I was like, dude, it'd be so great if these two could fight in the metaverse and like they had to fight. And the other one, the one that lost had to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? I thought that would be hilarious. Like if, if you were, cause people usually don't tend to fight each other. If they're face to face, they won't talk to each other the same way if they're face to face, but they're very open. They're very down to call their mom a fucking whore or do whatever, you know, people would talk all kinds of crazy shit. And I thought it would just be such a great idea to set up something where people have to fight. And then you like, you bet like a, like a, a, a couple of Dogecoin or something, you know what I mean? Like something where you got to shut up, you pay the person when they beat you. And then you, your, uh, your ego points are scraped off or something. I think that, I mean, like if we're going to do this metaverse shit, let's lean into it, dude, it's getting crazy, but we're going to head over to Patreon right now. And uh, thank you guys for the support. Support the uh, Beyond Top Secret Texan. And uh, I mean, you'll be hearing from me again very soon, guys, obviously. So take care and uh, head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world to get the rest.